You are listening to JC Talks, a leadership podcast where we help you live an all-in life and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prado, yours truly. I'm grateful you've joined me for the next few moments. We're on episode 92, win with vision, not competition. Win with vision, not competition. Now, let me tell you where this comes from, okay? Uh, this article comes from CNN, and it was... Uh, it came out last Monday, and I got so excited about the lesson in this that I almost put it up last week as kind of a bonus episode, but decided not to do that. So, uh, David. So here's the here's the title of the article: David Perdue officially announces run for governor in Georgia, setting up primary challenge to Brian Kemp. So, if you know anything about politics, now this is not a political podcast, so I'm not trying to get political here. Okay, that's not what we're going to talk about today. But if you know anything about politics, you've probably heard of this gentleman by the name of David Perdue, a U.S. senator from Georgia. So, let me just read some of this, and I'm going to give you the lesson. This is actually a pretty easy lesson today, but uh, this is important, and uh, we will see how he turns out. We will see how his race prevails. It, it honestly. Uh, the politics of this article really doesn't mean much to me, but there's a lesson in this. Okay, so let, so let me read this for you. Former U.S. Senator David Perdue officially announced his run for governor of Georgia on Monday, launching a primary challenge to sitting Republican Governor Brian Kemp in a state that has been trending away from the GPA, uh, excuse me, GPA, trending away from the GOP four years. So that means that Georgia is slowly becoming a blue state. It's amazing. And I was having a talk with my um, with my doctoral teammates about this the other day uh, when immigrants and people that are non-white begin to move into different states. Over time, you begin to see the politics change. Um, now, depending on where you stand on the on the political scale, that's exciting to you or it's not exciting to you. Georgia is becoming more of a black state, more of an African-American state. And as those politics move, as those um, as those numbers begin to shift away from being an all white state, we are seeing the the uh, the politics of that state begin to move a little bit more left. And, and, and it's been trending that way for years. So here we go. I'm running for governor. Now, here, here's the lesson. Again, we're not trying to talk about politics here. I could if I wanted to because I love politics. Had I made a few other choices in life earlier, probably I would have um, went that direction. I think it's a fascinating field, and I have a lot of respect for anybody, whatever side they're on, who puts their name in the hat and says, I'm going to step up uh, and put myself out there on a ballot, sometimes with three, four, five, six, seven, twenty people. Um, as a person that says, I think I have what it takes to lead this, you know, city, this state, whatever it is, I have a lot of respect for that. I know politics is kind of a broken system. Um, and actually I would say this, probably our system of government is a broken system because politics are involved, but you can't have a democratic state. You can't have a democratic country. You can't have a democratic system uh, without having politics. Politics means at, at its basic level, it's how people get along. 
And if you have a democratic state, that means you're going to allow people from different perspectives to speak. So you can't have it without having politics. So politics is just it's the nature of the beast. Anyway, I'm starting to talk about politics. See what I'm talking about here? So here's the leadership lesson for today. This is a leadership podcast. Um, David Perdue says these words. I'm running for governor to make sure Stacey Abrams is never governor of Georgia, Perdue said in a video posted on his campaign website. Abrams, the 2018 Democratic nominee whom Kemp narrowly defeated, announced last week she would run for governor again as and is considered the favorite in her party. Now, if you know anything about Georgia politics, Stacey Abrams ran uh, uh, back in 2018, and many people thought that she was the favorite person to win. She didn't win, uh, but now she's the favorite person. But what she did, and again, not trying to talk about politics here, but depending on what side you're on, you'll think this is exciting or not. But what she did, it it proved to me and it proved to many people that uh, she is a true she has a true passion for what she's trying to do. Politics is, it is all about power. It's, it's the acquisition of power, hopefully so that you can do good in your society. Uh, what gets dangerous is if you have people who are trying to acquire power, but they have no idea the vision that they have for their state or city, whatever it is. Stacey Abrams has a very clear vision. Now, I don't know what it is because I haven't read her website or anything like that, but uh, if you go to her website or you figure out she has a very clear vision for what she wants Georgia to become. Okay. Now here's, here's, here's the lesson for all of us. Okay. Uh, back in 2000 and I'm going to get these numbers wrong back in 2000 and why am I 16? Uh, we had the election and, and it shocked everybody, right? Uh, I, th- I think when it started off in, in the primary field, Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side was the odds favorite. And then on the Republican side, you just had uh, just you had Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, uh, Chris Christie. And you had some other people that I can't really remember right now. And then you had a guy by the name of Donald Trump. And everybody thought that this was a joke. We all remembered him from The uh, Apprentice. Now, I'm a business guy. I think business is sexy. I like business. I like to study it. I like to read about it. I like to listen to podcasts about it. I thought, David, or uh, David, I thought that Donald Trump, uh, I, I liked him back in the day. I know people didn't even like him back in the day, but I liked him. I thought he had a lot of value to offer. He knew how to, he knew how to create a great show and he was the show for many years everywhere he went. But when he got into the race, I think all of us just said, come on, we didn't expect that this was going to be the case that Donald Trump would step up and, and run. And then some of the things he said that were incendiary, again, depending on your side and what you think, he just shocked the entire system. The entire system. He shocked Republicans. He shocked Democrats. Most Republicans at the very beginning were not on his bandwagon, at least the elite Republicans. Um, they weren't on the bandwagon until they realized that this guy really is going to win. He's he's going to do it. I remember my pool guy. We had a lot of not my pool guy. It's the pool guy for the HOA where I live. And his name is Bill. A great guy. And we are so opposite in terms of politics. But he called it from day one. He said, watch, mark my words. Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. And I said, no, 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 no. Why? Because he was running up against and I'm getting to the lesson here in a second. 
he was running up against Hillary Clinton, who, in my opinion and in my estimation and many others who thought like I did, uh, had a much better record than almost any politician who has ran in probably the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years to run to be president uh, of the United States. Her work as a lawyer, her education, going all the way back to Wellesley and Yale. Um, again, her work as a lawyer, her work in the inner city, the, the work that she did, she was socially justice-minded from a young age. She married Bill Clinton. And I think a lot of us would agree that because she married Bill Clinton, he became president. So she was first lady and she had, uh, you know, she had her fingers kind of in healthcare and she was trying to do good work at, uh, there. After that, she became senator uh, from the great state of New York, went from senator to become secretary of state. You know, this was her resume. Um, leading up to running for president of the United States. And she ran in 2008, 2007, 2008. And there was a young guy by the name of Barack Obama who became our president. And she got knocked off uh, in that primary. Uh, but she became his secretary of state later and, and really at least publicly became a strong, a staunch ally of Barack Obama. Fast forward, and she was the odds-on favorite. Everyone, we all, so many people were excited because we believe that we're going to have a first, uh, first female president, first woman president of the United States. And in many people's opinion and estimation, it was really her election to lose. And probably she was on track. There were some things that happened. The October surprises are real, and, and the October surprises were real for her. And so as we got closer to the election, some things came out about emails. And even though later on we come to find out that none of that mattered, it, you know, there wasn't anything there. There was smoke, but no fire. None of it mattered. Donald Trump ran and became the 45th president of the United States of America to the shock of at least half of America and to the awe of the other half of America. Right. And obviously, as we know uh, today, and again, this is an American made podcast. I'm speaking from an, a, a, a USA, um, a, a position, a mindset that is from the United States of America. Uh, Donald Trump uh, certainly shocked the system. Right. I don't care what side you were on, but he certainly shocked the system. But he did it because he had a ton of loyal people. Now, that's a whole nother podcast. We don't have time to talk about this. Here's here's the point that I want to make. After Hillary Clinton lost lost what most people believe was her election to lose uh, and really hers to win or hers to lose. It, it was her election. But after she lost, many people started thinking about what happened and they did the autopsy. And this happens after every election. And here's what I remember hearing several people say. She had absolutely no vision for where the country could go. What she kept saying in, in her ads and in her speeches is, look at me, look at everything I've done, and then look at that guy. And that guy over there with the orange hair has no place to be uh, no place to be president of the United States. And, and then she called all of his followers, you know, a basket of deplorables. And uh, now I, I, I don't know Hillary, I don't know Hillary Clinton, but uh, I'll be transparent. I like her as a person. I've read uh, three books about her. I've read many articles on her. I've watched uh, many different um you know, videos and, and movies that, that are put out about her. I don't understand why everybody doesn't like her. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, 
again, I felt like she was probably one of the most uh, prepared future presidents of our time. And I was just getting ready. My, my little girl was being born. And I remember thinking, Jocelyn grows up. My youngest daughter is going to grow up in a country where the president of the United States is a female. How will that be for her growing up for her first eight years of life, knowing that she can go as far as she wants to go? And I thought that was all very exciting, uh, but she lost. And again, what people begin to say is that she set no vision for the future of the country. It was all about, look at me, look at my resume, look at what I've done. Now, she didn't say these words, but you get what I'm saying. And she had a very serious demeanor about her. And she carried herself in a certain way. And what we've seen since the election through the Hulu special that came out about her and uh, I, her husband was involved, Bill Clinton as well. Um, and now Masterclass uh, has come out with a... a uh, Masterclass has come out with a new class featuring her talking about resilience. And I will tell you, I have not yet signed up for Masterclass. This class is going to make me sign up. Once we get through the Christmas season and I buy all the gifts I need to buy, if I have any extra money, I'm buying this Masterclass and I'm going to sign up for membership because I want to see her talk about resilience because who better could talk about it? Anyway, all of that being said, she lost the election. And one of the most important things that people said was that she didn't really set a strong vision, or at least she didn't communicate the vision she had for an America. Uh, she was coming off of eight years of Barack Obama. That's always hard to do is follow a popular president, right? We saw that with Al Gore and Bill Clinton. A lot of people felt like Al Gore, yes, maybe he, uh, the election was stolen from him. That's what people would say. There's some people who would say that, but others would say, why was he in such a position that it came down to one state, Right. I believe that he ended up winning the popular vote, but lost the electoral college that year. The same thing happened um, with Hillary Clinton. She won by, I think it was 3 million votes in the popular count, but she lost the electoral college to Donald Trump. But again, people are saying, why did it even have to come down to that? This should have been a blowout win with the electoral college uh, and with the, um, uh, with the public vote. And that's just not the way it went. And again, so here's what we're saying. Here, here's the lesson I'm trying to say here. Here's what we're saying right here. Here's what we're seeing is David Perdue. I, I see him, in my opinion, lo looking from the outside in. He's making the same decision. He's saying, I'm running for governor to make sure Stacey Abrams is never governor of Georgia. That's that's on his campaign. That was a video that he posted to his, can his campaign website. This is not a vision for America. This is not a vision for a state. It's not a vision for a city to say, I'm going to do this because I want to prove somebody else wrong, or I'm going to do this because so-and-so shouldn't get this position. This is not vision. And what we've seen time and time again, and there are probably many elections held all across America. There are probably would-be politicians that are scattered across America who never ran because what they decided to do was jump in and say, I'm running against that person, as opposed to saying, I'm running because I have a certain vision that I want to set for this community. I want to set for the state. I want to set for this country. And so here's the lesson for today based on this. When deciding what you want to do in life, when deciding what you want to do in your business, when deciding um, any decision, really, uh, here's what my encouragement to you is. And we've seen this work the opposite for other people. So we need to do better and learn from their mistakes. Let's set vision and let's win on vision, not on competition. We hear this in the business world all the time. There was a great book that came out, Blue Ocean Strategy that came out a few years ago. 
I think it's been almost 10 years now since that book came out. But that book talked about if you're going to start a business, even though you're going to be in a field where other people are, you've got to figure out the what they would call the blue ocean strategy. So what they would say is that over here is the red ocean, and this is where everybody is. Everyone's getting eaten alive. And so if you jump into the red ocean and you have an idea that someone, you know, thousands of people are already doing, your competition is going to be so, so, so hard. What you need to do is jump over here into the blue ocean where there's less competition, there is uh, less people, less less products. Now, eventually within 18 months to two years, there's probably going to be competition there and you're going to have to step up your game and innovate, create in order to stay on top of the on top of the trends in your marketplace. But at the same time, when you jump in, the most important thing that you can do is find a space where nobody is yet and 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 go rule that space. Right. As opposed to saying, I'm jumping into the marketplace and I've got this great idea and I'm going to beat out all of these competitors. How are you going to beat out these massive major competitors? Right. Uh, Unless you've done the market research and you figure out that all of these competitors are going to go down in the next year for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, something that nobody else knows more than likely you're going to jump in and and you're going to drown. You're going to get caught up in the red ocean because you're trying to win um, through competition versus winning on vision. Here's where I'm trying to go. Here's the difference I want to make in the world. Here's my niche. And so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to create a blue ocean. Eventually it will become a red ocean, but at first it's going to be a blue ocean. And that's how I intend to win in the marketplace. So this, so this is a lesson for us. Only time will tell if David Perdue is going to win. But if he does not, I'm going to come back and reference this podcast. And I'm saying this right now, unless he gets it figured out in the next few weeks or months, and he sets a clear vision for Georgia. If his entire vision is I'm running against that person, I, I am making the prediction he will not win unless he sets a vision for Georgia. Again, I don't have any dog in that fight. I'm not for David Perdue. Um, I, I don't know. I, I need to get on there and look at what Stacey Abrams, look at what her platform is. I live in California. In many ways, this election is inconsequential to me. I know it is consequential. I get this. We live in a system. But at the same time, it's not. I, I can't vote in that. So I'm not saying this out of a uh, because I have a dog in that fight. I don't. Well, what I am seeing, though, right now is is somebody stepping up to run based on competition and not on vision. And we've seen it before. It doesn't ever, ever win. So in life, my opinion to you is when you're getting ready to make shifts in your business, in your leadership, make sure you're running towards something, not away from something. Make sure uh, that what you're doing is because of a vision to make the world a better place, not out of competition. Last thing I want to say, and I'll let you go for the day. I am, this past week, I've been listening to uh, several podcasts that deal with the Koch brothers. I listen to a, a lot of motivational podcasts and Charles Koch, who I think is 85 or 86 years of age. He's, he's, been, he's been making the rounds on many podcasts. And I think he's, he realizes he's in kind of his final season and he's trying to get his name out there a little bit better uh, because the Koch brothers, if you, again, going back to politics, if you know anything about politics, the Koch brothers from anybody on the left, uh, they are vilified by anybody on the left. And there's, again, there's so much information out there. There are documentaries that have been written about this family, these brothers, and the money that they've raised for uh, very conservative causes, at least if you're, they're more libertarian, but they've raised a lot of money for conservative conservative causes. Anyway, he was in a podcast, and whether you like his politics or not, 
And I would say that I am not in agreement with all of his politics. You can't deny the success that he's had in life. He is worth $46 billion, I think, now. At one point, it was $56 billion. Maybe it's $56 billion now. I don't know. But he's worth around $40 to $50 billion. His headquarters in, is in Wichita, Kansas, Coke Industries. His, he and his family, his brothers, all of them, they have real estate all over the world. He's pretty much a private person. Again, we're starting to see him do more podcasts recently. Here's something that he said the other day when, when he was talking about this idea of, of hiring people. He's big on hiring the right people. He said, anytime that you're going to hire somebody, make sure you hire someone where you match up on values and make sure you hire someone that is running towards something versus or or their motivation is to run towards something versus running away from something. He said it better than that. Hire someone who is for something versus being against something. That's what it was. If the ambition is a negative ambition where it's, I'm doing this because I want to take on this, or I'm proving something to somebody, or it's a negative ambition because I don't like this, or I don't like this person. And so that's the entire reason why I'm going after whatever I'm going after. He said in, in his many years of being CEO of his, of his company, he said, those are the worst people to tie yourself with, uh, because if they're negatively uh, motivated, it's never going to be good for the company. It's never going to be good for anybody else. Because again, they're running away from something or they're going against something. And we don't want that. What we want is vision. We want something that we're running towards. That is all I have for you today. But I want to leave you and I'm going to try this for a couple of weeks. I was listening to another podcast, Brian Buffini. He's a new podcast. He, he's not a new podcast, but he's someone that I just have been recently introduced to. Phenomenal. And he leaves his, his listeners with a blessing blessing at the end. I'm completely stealing this blessing from him because I love this little prayer that he says. And so I, I want to wish it for you. And as I'm saying it to you, I'm saying it to myself and to my own family and the people around me, but I'm saying it for you today. If you made it this far in the podcast, um, here's my blessing to you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, listen to these words. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be ever at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rain fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you on the next episode of JC Talks, a leadership podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to my podcast, JC Talks, a leadership podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get new episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.